Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lightford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. It's going to be an entire Friday that is going to be full of football later on in the program, because I do want to talk about last night's game. It just felt good to have uh, the NFL back. But coming up in the show, I want to do some over-unders with you, and I need your help, and it's going to be up to you at 888-957-957. 9570 at the text line or the phone number if you want to weigh in. I have, how many do I have written down here? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight over-unders for this week, uh, mostly for the game against the Lions, but also I got the win total for the season as well. And I just want to get a gauge on your perspective to see how you view the game in Detroit come Sunday. So I do want to see that. We have some over-unders later on in the show. We'll have some predictions. We got sound from Nick Bosa, George Kittle, and there's something from Nick Bosa that he said. Now, he doesn't say much. He's not a very big talker, but he said something after practice yesterday that I think, as a 49er fan, you should get excited for what's to come on Sunday morning against Detroit. But before we get to anything, I was driving in. I was driving in this morning, and obviously, I'm down in the South Bay. I'm over in Campbell. So I take 280 North to get up here because 280 North, there's no traffic. The streets are nice and, you know, the 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 doesn't put that much wear on the tires, right? And I'm driving up and from afar, I see lightning. Now, there's no rain. There's no thunder. And, and, and I, I didn't know what to expect. So I'm continuing to drive and it looks stronger and it was pretty amazing. But at the same time... The thing you don't realize is as you're driving toward the lightning and you're just so fixated on it and it doesn't happen for a while, then you get a little more farther north towards San Francisco. And then I realized, 
Oh wow, I'm I'm driving toward the lightning. I'm in the midst of this. <laughs> and I started to get my heart started to pump. As soon as I got towards San Francisco, and then when I got into the city, uh, you know, it started to, I saw that it was raining and, and, and all of that stuff. So everyone on the streets, be safe, because as we know, the first day of rain on the roads, uh, the roads are a little slicker in that time. So be careful on the streets this morning. But, man, that was a wild drive in. But you know what was even more wild? Well, maybe not. But last night's game... Man, that was a lot of fun. Really better than what I'm watching in this practice, throwing this thing around, because he's so much smarter than what he was then. At the age of 44, Brady steps up, avoids the rush, throws, caught, touchdown, Antonio Brown. You know, you talk about pocket presence and feeling, obviously he's got everything. You can feel it coming in from the side, steps up, finds the open spot, bingo. And in this game, that was the Antonio Brown touchdown that would make it twenty-one uh, to excuse me, twenty-one to sixteen going into the half because subs- because subsequently after that, the Cowboys was would miss the field goal going into halftime. And I think if anything from last night's game, before we get into all the details here, because from the five one zero, you don't leave. This is in all caps. You don't leave Brady time. That's from DJ in the 510 and from the 415. Good morning, Rain, and that was a good game last night to kick the 2021 NFL season off. Good morning, Mr. Langford and Mr. Curley. That is from Randy from the 415. But, man, field goals are important. <laughs> we we take them for granted a lot, and there there are plenty of moments in this game where you maybe think, oh, the Cowboys could have won in that situation. A lot of people are looking at the offensive pass interference with Chris Godwin, but before we even get into that, I do just have to say that the the missed field goals by Greg Zerline earlier in the game. I know he knocked down that clutch one to make it uh, twenty nine to twenty eight. But in the end, you left Brady with a minute and a half on the clock, and there's nothing else that you could do. But that, man, Brady's amazing. 44 years old. You heard me here yesterday. You heard me here saying he may not be an elite quarterback. He's just a good quarterback who happens to have a lot of talent around him. And I always looked back to that NFC Championship game in the second half against the Packers where Brady's arm just looked done. And that's why I didn't think the Buccaneers had much of a chance of winning the Super Bowl. But I've been wrong and wrong and wrong every single time. And Brady last night was just unbelievable. 32 for 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. And on the opposite side of that, we had Dak Prescott, who I want to get to in a second as well. But Tom Brady is just amazing. How do you do that at 44 years old? How do you have a play... When you open up the second half and you finally get a drive, I believe it was in the second half when he started out in the third quarter, uh, their first possession after the Cowboys drove down the field. But there was a play where the defensive end got around the left tackle and he grabbed Brady's arm and somehow the ball did not come out. The ball did not come out. He had the strength to keep the ball in his hand and somehow get his feet set and make a throw. I don't know how you do that at 44 years old. I just don't understand it. Now, Chris Godwin, good wide receiver. I thought he looked great yesterday. Antonio Brown looked awesome. Mike Evans, 
The odd thing is he was the third best receiver on the team. He only had three receptions for 24 yards, but I played that Antonio Brown touchdown earlier for you, and when I'm watching Antonio Brown, everything that was happening with the Raiders after all that debacle with the Steelers, the FaceTime or the Facebooking, Facebook Live video over in the locker room at the end of the Pittsburgh season, not showing up for the playoff game, then going to the Raiders, went to training camp, froze his feet over in France, and then, and then came back, and you know what happens. The rest is history. Makes the video. Very happy to be off the team, blah, blah, blah. But when I'm watching Antonio Brown, he looked damn good yesterday, and I'm just thinking, you know, there's nobody else that could handle that personality except for Tom Brady. Because whichever team Antonio Brown would have gone to, and this was including the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger toward the end of his tenure there, but whichever team that he would go to, he would think that in the locker room, he is the best player there. No matter what. Unless you're in a locker room with Tom Brady, who happens to be the greatest of all time. It was a great opening game for him, but Antonio Brown, if he manages to keep this up, he is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He already is a top five type of talent that could have been uh, a top five talent that was back in you know 2018. And now he's trying to make his way back. He could be another top five wide receiver in the NFL if he keeps going the way that he was going because it looked like he didn't miss a step uh, after having an offseason with the team. But he had five receptions for 121 yards and that touchdown where he just totally fooled the corner. And could you imagine if you were the middle linebacker for the Cowboys, if you were Micah Parsons and you had to go up against Tom Brady? There were multiple times where Tom Brady made a play-action pass, and you could see in the replay that Micah Parsons, the rookie middle linebacker from Penn State, was totally fooled. Completely fooled. Because that's what happens when you are played the greatest of all time. But what a game last night. Dak Prescott, by the way. Man, Dak Prescott looks great coming off of that injury. 42 for 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Let me just get those completion numbers for you again. 42 for 58. <laughs> that's that's insane. And with running backs overall in this game, if you're a guy who enjoys watching the ground and pound, if you like watching teams run the ball down the other team's gullets, We're not using throat anymore. It's now the gullet. I mean, they only ran the ball, the running back set is, a total of 27 times. 27 times in total they ran that ball yesterday. And that's what the NFL might turn into. Uh, They didn't want to... I was surprised, actually, with the way that uh, the Cowboys were running their offense. And, you know, Curley here, producer John Curley, was making a great point yesterday talking about how Mike McCarthy has never had a good track record running the football. And I thought in this game, that's what they'd want to try to establish is at least that you're going to feed Ezekiel Elliott, which they normally do, and maybe give Dak some, uh, give Dak a break after having the most gruesome injury in last season. But instead, they only had Zeke carry the ball 11 times, and they didn't look like their run game was any good yesterday. Now, granted, they were missing their guard, Zach Martin. I understand all that. But that was a surprising facet of the game for me. But my mate, one of my funny, weird thoughts that I had at the beginning of the game, 
and this is something that I completely missed about football, and maybe this is something that has I, I've not appreciated enough, but it's a punt inside the five. <laughs> did anyone else did anyone else get a little satisfaction from that at the beginning of the game when Bradley Pinion pins it at the two and it bounces out of bounds? I was like, ooh, ooh, that was pretty. And I didn't realize until now. I guess I just needed it in the opening drive of the game where we, we'd been without football for an entire offseason. I haven't seen many punts inside the five. I was like, ooh, got a little satisfaction from that. I'm looking forward to more punts this season. From the 206, the NFL refs effed up that game. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but that was the definition of an OPI. That's gutter trash in the PDX. And everyone knew that it was an offensive pass interference when, you know, you push a guy to the ground, essentially, and not give him any sort of chance. But I was trying to think of the other side of that on that play with Chris Godwin. And I'm just thinking the way the place that Tom Brady put that football, it felt like Chris Godwin had no other option to try and get to it besides maybe push the quarterback away. It felt like Chris Godwin couldn't do anything else in order to get to that football because that's what Tom Brady did. Now, sure, I, I, I do think that it was an offensive pass interference because he pushed the dude to the ground. But also, if I'm in Chris Godwin's shoes, I'm thinking... I got no other option. Tom Brady put this ball behind me where I got to try and step with my front foot and then maybe cut back to try and get to the football. Because if he, you know, if, if he just gave up on it, which we've seen wide receivers do, then it would have just been an incompletion. It would have just been an incompletion. I mean, the wide receivers showed out last night. The top two for the the Cowboys, Amari Cooper looked good. The 13 receptions for 139 yards and a couple of touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb... He was already a stud in his rookie season, but in his second year, doesn't look like he's shown any signs of slowing down with seven receptions, 104 yards, with also with a touchdown. But he also had that uh, that key drop later on in the game as well when Dak absolutely threw a missile into the window in which only the wide receiver could have caught it. Looked like it was going into double coverage, but in, instead, CeeDee Lamb should have came down with the ball because Dak put it in the place. Only the receiver could get it. There was that one drop, but other than that, CeeDee Lamb was making plays, and he did in that final drive where it looked like for a second, maybe the Cowboys could win that game 29-28, to but then you had a minute and 30 and change on left on the clock, and you get that camera shot toward Tom Brady, who's just staring at the field with his helmet off, and you knew something special was going to happen. All right, 888 That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. If you've had any concerns about Nick Bosa possibly going in week one, depending on how many snaps that he could take, well, wait till you hear what he has to say on the other side. I think if you're a 49er fan, you're going to get excited for what's to come for Nick Bosa uh, this Sunday. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Telling you, there is nothing like seeing Bradley Pinion punt the ball inside the five on the two-yard line and have it bounce out of bounds, and then you know. NFL football is back, baby. <laughs> there's a certain degree of satisfaction I got from it. I'm telling you, when there's a putt inside the five, maybe I've just underappreciated it. Maybe I'm just growing up. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we will talk some 49ers defense because Nick Bosa spoke at yesterday's presser, and I do want to get to what he had to say regarding his playing time come Sunday. D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator also said something I found pretty interesting, which is going to be a little different to what Robert Sala has been running as defensive coordinator for the past few seasons. Um, but before we do get to that, and we'll have our over-unders game coming up in the next segment, so we'll line up the phone calls, line up the texts, and we'll get you involved. It's going to be a participation segment from you. I know it's early. I know it's early, but man, over-unders, predictions, that's what it's all about. Love it. So, last night I did think that the way that Dak Prescott, the way that he was composed in the pocket, the way that he was playing without any sort of fear of getting hurt, when the Buccaneers, they were getting it, they were getting to him with the blitz. They were. That's what the Buccaneers do. That's what they they got a good already front four with Jason Pierre-Paul and Ndamukong Sue. But then you also got linebackers like Devin White who can get to the quarterback. I thought Dak Prescott coming off of that injury from last season just looked fantastic with his time in the pocket, looking calm, 
somehow still making throws even as he's getting hit after coming off one of the most gruesome injuries that I'd seen in quite a while. Last season, I remember, that was the type of thing that, that, that was the type of play that put a damper on your tay. You remember that? I don't know. I don't know what people were watching. I think I was watching Red Zone at the time, or maybe it was just on the game, and the injury was shown, and it's just. I remember watching that and thinking, that's that just. Oh, just feel terrible for the guy. But the way that he bounced back next season, he set a precedent for how quarterbacks should be performing this year if you're coming off of injury. And I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Because one thing I haven't questioned about Jimmy in his entirety of being the 49ers quarterback, you know, take everything out of it, the 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 average depth of target, the yards per throw, all of those different things. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. I think he's right in that, you know, that third or fourth tier, depending on how your tier system works. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, I've never questioned his toughness because he's always managed to take a hit. And we saw it in the third week of the preseason with the Raiders when he essentially had no other option but to run into the end zone and possibly try to, you know, truck stick a linebacker. Like, we know that Garoppolo can be tough, but now, and we'd seen it after the ACL in 2019, but in 2020, after having two high ankle sprains, the first one of which, when he came back, you know, he. He he did look good in the pocket, but then when he got hurt again, I think there are some question marks surrounding how he'll look there. Will he have the the happy feet, which he normally does anyway? Everyone's going to be commenting on that on Jimmy Garoppolo. Especially the one that's going to get me this weekend is going to be the, why doesn't Jimmy step into his throws? Haven't you watched Garoppolo? That's just not the way he does it. That's just not his style. You know, it's not a very... It's it's a it's a relatively unorthodox throwing type of motion, the way that he sets it all up and the way that he sets his feet. But I do think that Dak Prescott and what we saw on this Thursday night, he set a line. He 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 set a line for how quarterbacks should be looking when they come back from injury. I thought he looked great yesterday, and the fact that Mike McCarthy was making him throw the football eight hundred times. 58 to actually be accurate, but the fact that he was making him throw the football that much, and Dak, I guarantee you, knew was going into that game uh, with that type of game plan where he was going to be throwing almost 60 times in a game when he just came off of an injury, maybe I could question Mike McCarthy and what he was doing, but the way that Dak Prescott played last night, how can you question it? I thought he looked fantastic. And it's the same with Tom Brady as well. Tom Brady's forty-four years old. I gotta give I gotta give him the benefit there too of the way he's stuck in the pocket. It was just taking hits anytime that the Cowboys would get to him. Uh, overall, just a very very fun game last night, and it was just a clinic the way that Tom Brady drove down the field with a minute and a half left. It was just two step drop, get it out, go out of bounds. The defense didn't know what to do, and the pass rush didn't get to him at all. It was just so quick, boom 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 boom, and all of a sudden. You got a field goal after he just throws three straight incompletions to take some time off the clock. But I do want to transition here to the 49ers defense. 
Before we get to what Nick Bosa had to say regarding his health going into Sunday's game, uh, we did get an update yesterday that uh, Javon Kinlaw, having missed the first practice of the week on Wednesday, was limited in yesterday's practice. So that's a good sign there. If a player is normally limited in practice on Thursday, that most likely means that they are going to be a go on Sunday. Could be wrong. Uh, as I normally am when it comes to these injury reports. But also, Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley was the other guy who was a non-participant on Wednesday. He was a non-participant in yesterday's practice as well. And you know what? I'm at that point where if you're playing the Lions, and I go down the schedule here, I'm thinking if if there's going to be any game that you can just call a quote-unquote look-ahead game, if there's any game that you want to call it that, I know people are superstitious and they don't want to say that, but maybe besides Jacksonville in Atlanta, Detroit is that one team that you could just say, all right, they're not going to be good this year. They do have nothing to lose. Dan Campbell is going to want to play physical. He's going to want to be violent because if, if anything, these teams that don't have a ton of talent, that's what their coaches want them to be. But if Emmanuel Mosley couldn't go on Thursday... That means that he's not 100%. There's no point to me in playing Emmanuel Mosley when you have Jason Verrett on one side, then you got the rookies that could possibly fill in at the at, on the other side. You also got the veteran Josh Norman if you feel that you can bring him in. But you can get away with having a backup number two cornerback in this one against the Lions. You can, you can sacrifice not playing Emmanuel Mosley in week one. As much as he probably wants to, with the way that the injury sorted out this team last year, you don't want that happening again this year. This is all about the long game. This is an 18-week season, in my opinion. You don't need to play Emmanuel Mosley if he couldn't go and practice yesterday, and he's not even possibly going to be 100% uh, by Sunday. But one guy we haven't talked about was Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa. Now, granted... When he talks to the media, he's not a very loud guy, relatively soft-spoken. But here's what he had to say when he was asked if he'll be playing on a quote-unquote pitch count come Sunday morning against the Lions. No pitch count for me. Um, I'm just going to go whatever Chris tells me. I'm fully confident to play as many snaps as I need to. So there you go. That's as enthusiastic as he'll get. Right there. No pitch count for me. Um, I'm just going to go whatever Chris tells me. I'm fully confident to play as many snaps as I need to. So there you go. There you go. But they are going to be playing on turf, and Nick Bosa did have a comment about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a fan, um, but I'm not afraid to play on it or anything like that. I'd rather play on grass, and I'm glad we have a grass stadium, but you feel fast out there, so that's one good thing about it. So we know what happened on turf last year. We don't going back to MetLife Stadium last season, uh, that was terrible for those two games in a row against the Jets and the Giants, and you had multiple guys get hurt. But Nick Bosa is going to be one of your most important players, and by the time you get that lead, because I think the 49ers are going to handle the Lions in this game. Um, I, I it, you know, They normally get off to a relatively slow start in Week 1, but I think the Lions are just going to be so discombobulated. I don't think it's going to be... A, I don't think they're going to look good at all. Whereas Kyle Shanahan, it looked like even though in the preseason you're not seeing a lot of the starters out there, it looked like they were a pretty well-coached-up team. Uh, but D'Amico Ryans, 
I was interested when he had to say this regarding the mindset for this team, because here's what new defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans had to say regarding their mindset going into this one against the Lions. Swarm for us means it's all about the people that I want on our defense. You know, Swarm is I want special special people with special work ethic and a relentless mindset that's what swarm means to me so it's all about the people right it's all about the mindset that you come in every day you're attacking a day you're attacking a daily process dominating not only on the football field you're one-on-one but you're dominating the little things whether it's taking care of your body nutrition weightlifting, the way you practice being deliberate it's all about having a relentless mindset in your pursuit of being successful and being the best that you can be. Now, the 49ers weren't much of a blitzing team back in 2019. As a matter of fact, they blitzed just as little as anybody because they had that front four that they could rely on with Bosa and with guys like D Ford, you know, with uh, uh, with DeForest Buckner as well. And I think that overall, if they have that mindset where they can get to them just with the front four, there really is no point in playing Mosley. Because if you get him to if you get to him with the front four, that means your linebackers can play in coverage. That's where Fred Warner, I mean, among the many things that he's just so damn good at, uh, Fred Warner is so good in coverage, though. You keep him, you have him drop back. You can use Jason Verrett and, you know, cover a lot of the field there when Jared Goff is starting to run for his life uh, <laughs> on Sunday. And by the way, speaking of uh, guys like Nick Bosa, and this is something I haven't even mentioned yet, uh, but TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They reached a four-year, $112 million contract, which is historic for a guy like that over. That's uh, the highest contract for the defensive player in the NFL. So, T.J. Watt being a pass rusher over there in Pittsburgh, knowing the impact that he's had, that set the that set the market there for Nick Bosa and what the 49ers are going to have to be willing to pay him if they want to work up to it. Because if the 49ers aren't willing to pay Nick Bosa that type of money, I guarantee you that some other team will. So again, four years, 112 million. He'll get 80 million guaranteed, and it's about 28 million a year. So that's going to be the market there for Nick Bosa, and we'll see if he earns it this coming season. But speaking of. This is going to be fun. Week one over-unders. And I want you to line them up at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number. I got about eight different over-unders here. I got Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards, his touchdowns. I got Mostert's rushing yards. I got Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel's receiving yards. And I got Bosa's sack numbers as well. So we'll go over or go under. I got lines for each of those. And then we'll also, at the end, get your prediction for the season win total over-under for the 49ers, which is set at 10.5. So we'll get to all that next. Line them up right now, 888-957-9570. Call in, please, or else it's just going to be me doing the over-unders, and I know that if you're a listener, you don't want that. 888-957-9570. Line them up right now. Steven Lightfoot on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 
Stephen Langford in with you. 95-7 the game leading up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. And if that game last night didn't get you excited for this football season, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. It was a close one. You know, the Buccaneers, they were making a couple of mistakes down the stretch. The Cowboys, they missed a couple of kicks early on in the game. Greg the leg, Greg Zerline. Went three for five overall on field goals. Missed an extra point. It was a terrible miss of an extra point, by the way. And it just proved how important that field goals can be as the Buccaneers took game one of the season, 31-29, to over the Dallas Cowboys. I thought Dak Prescott looked really good. And my main takeaway from it, from both quarterbacks, because Tom Brady at 44 years old, what he was doing, the zip that he had on the ball, the placement, the accuracy, everything, the brains, all of it. I felt like they set the bar. They set the bar for what you have to be as a quarterback this season, which is if you're coming off injury, then you got to be capable of standing tough in the pocket, even as the pass rush is coming to you, and you got to get the throw off, even as you're getting hit, which Dak Prescott did multiple times. You know, Tom Brady, at 44 years old, still able to stay in the pocket. And I'm very curious to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is like, uh, uh, what he's going to be like on Sunday. I really am. You know, because it's the toughness for me that has never really been in question. But also, I'm not going to knock a guy if he's coming off two high ankle sprains. And maybe he looks a little jittery when you got guys coming at you. Now, granted, it's the Lions. Can barely even name any of the players on the front seven. I understand that. But when you're going up against Dan Campbell, it doesn't matter who he has. As long as he's got players, he's going to try to get after the quarterback because that's who Dan Campbell is. He's going to want to try and bite a kneecap off. And then once you knock once you knock them down, they're going to take the other kneecap. Then by the end of the game, you're not going to have any kneecaps. That's probably what's going to happen on Sunday. But you know what? That game last night, I really think that Prescott and Tom Brady, they set the bar. And so do the receivers, too. The receivers, I mean, we always do this where we we do the thing when a player that was drafted after your team and your team could have possibly taken them. We always do this, whether it's with, you know, C.D. Lamb yesterday was a big one in, in that game. C.D. Lamb, he was a rookie last season, was really good with the Cowboys, then in his second year looks just as good as he did as he did in his rookie year, and he looks like he's on his way to becoming even more of a stud than he already was off of his rookie season. But you know, a lot of Raider fans are thinking, "Why did we take Henry Ruggs over that guy? We could have had a chance to get him." You know, Forty Nine er fans, I think you're okay right now with Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk has shown that he has a lot of potential. And then you have Devin White on the other side, who was taken right after Cleveland Furl. When, Clur- when Furrow was taken fourth overall and Devin White was taken fifth overall and you needed somebody on defense. But you know what? The fact remains to me, the team that they're with, the team that they landed with, I don't know if they'd be the same player with another team. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't like those hypotheticals. It's like with Antonio Brown. 
You know, seeing what Antonio Brown did yesterday with that touchdown and overall having 100-plus yards receiving along with that touchdown, I mean, that one toward the end of the first half there to put him up 21-16 to where he just totally beat out the corner. It was an unbelievable route, and he absolutely fooled that guy. Doesn't look like he's really lost a step, but there's also no other team, in my opinion, that could probably handle that kind of a guy like Antonio Brown. It's just such a massive hypothetical to think, well, none of these other teams, why do none of these other teams ever try? to take him it's because he has a different type of personality he has a different type of personality and from the 510 still can't believe the Niners denied Brady to join the team I I was on that uh, again that's another hypothetical would Brady have been as as successful with the 49ers as he was with the Buccaneers uh, this season especially last year when and this is what I, this is what I personally think because the talent's there, right? Five one zero. When you you hear that a lot, still can't believe the Niners denied Brady to join the team, and I I understand that because you know Brady's in his forties, he's the goat, and they were taking a look at him, and they ended up passing over and going over to the uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that offensive line that the Forty ers had last season, it wouldn't have been able to protect Tom Brady. They they couldn't protect Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, imagine Tom Brady being in that game against the Dolphins. That game against the Dolphins where they had that 3-4 defense and they were just fooling everybody on the, on the Niners' offensive line because he had some backups in there. I can't say with that much conviction that Brady would have looked the same with that offensive line last season with the way that it was hurt and the way that it was constructed. Like, if you put... Tom Brady in in their place. Sure, he would have been better than what they had, but he still would have got beat up if he was with the Niners last year. Might be a little different this year. This year, we got a new offensive line. We got Trent Williams and Alex Mack. You know, Lakin Tomlinson at left guard, Daniel Brunskill at right guard, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. You know, we know Mike McGlinchey, of course, and we know Trent Williams. Trent Williams is one of, if not the best, left tackle in the game. And then Alex Mack has always been one of the smartest centers. And as long as you have a smart guy playing center who understands defenses, then you're in pretty good hands. But I just, I, I really don't like doing those hypotheticals all too much, except for the one that I found, I found yesterday. And I was just looking down the 2016 draft just because. You know, Dak Prescott got drafted in the fourth round. And just looking at all the quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him, you got guys like Paxton Lynch, Christian Hackenberg, Cody Kessler, Wentz and Goff were taken in that uh, in that draft. Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback, I believe, that was taken before him. No, it was Jacoby Brissett, the second to one taken before Dak. And then you had Connor Cook, who was taken after, uh, who was taken after Jacoby Brissett. And then you had Dak Prescott. It's just amazing. It's amazing to look back on that stuff. But I, I'm, you know, and from the 415, would Brady have attracted some better offensive linemen to the Niners, though? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know how much of a place they were in to add that much at the offensive line. I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't recall last season where they were at with uh, offensive line-wise. Speaking of lines, I set some over-unders here, and I need your participation 
at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number. I got Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff's passing yards, passing touchdowns. I got Raheem Mostert's rushing yards. I got George Kittle's receiving yards, as well as Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuels. And then I got Nick Bosa for his line on sacks. So 888-957-9570. Call in and let me know whether you think these players will go over or under that number for week one. And speaking of Nick Bosa, I got a text here from the 510. That was the teaser that you set up a half hour ago about the statement Nick Bosa made that was supposed to be fascinating? Wow. Yeah, I'm so glad I waited for that. Well, what? You're not you're not excited that Nick Bosa says he's not going to be on a pitch count? No pitch count for me. Um, I'm just going to go. Whatever Chris tells me, I'm fully confident to play as many snaps as I need to. I mean, you say, yeah, I'm so glad I waited for that. Well, thing is, 510, I did my job. I did my job. However, I find I do find that to be fascinating because that's what's the that's always the talk, right? Pitch count, pitch count, pitch count. How many snaps are Nick Bosa and D Ford going to play? But if Nick Bosa doesn't think he's going to be on a pitch count and he makes he states that, I think you should be looking forward to it because last season going into it in 2020, for me the thing that I was looking forward to with Nick Bosa the most was that. He said he'd been going out in his rookie season and not really thinking too much. You know, he he just played. But then he said in that offseason heading into 2020, he'd worked on some moves. He, he He's going to be more, you know, cognizant of what's going on instead of just trying to get past the tackle and using whatever moves that you can, whatever, you know, moves that you've learned from your father and from your brother and everybody that's been, that's been involved in football for you. But last year he said he was going to be more cerebral as a lineman and – this year, I don't know what it's going to be, but as long as he's not playing on a pitch count, yeah, that's something I do find fascinating going into this season. But you know what? I love over-unders. I think they're a lot of fun. Let's do them right here. We got some over-unders heading into this game against the Lions. And, of course, if you want to participate at 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number, you can weigh in as well as what you think the over or under is going to be in terms of yardage. I will read them out to you, and you just tell me whether you think they're going to go over or under. Or else, if you don't participate, then that's fine. I'm just going to be doing them by myself. Let's get into it. (laughs) Oh, I'm selfish. I really am. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff. Over or under 225 and a half passing yards. So do you think Garoppolo and Goff would throw 226 yards over or under? 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. But for me, I think 225 and a half is a very interesting line for both of them. And I would like to say my initial thought is Jared Goff would go under. However, I do think that the 49ers are going to get to them early if they do. And by the time that the third and fourth quarter rolls around, Goff is going to try to be going to try to get those garbage time stats. So I want to take the over for Jared Goff and his passing yards just because I think he's going to be maybe throwing, I don't know. 58 times like Dak Prescott did last night on Thursday Night Football. I could see that happening. Or 
you know, he could just have a terrible game and go under and just be running for his life like he normally does when he's playing against the 49ers. So with Jared Goff, I think I'm going to go... You know what? I'm going to go over for Goff on this one. And for Garoppolo, this is a very interesting line, I think, for him as well. And I think that the 49ers are going to try to run the ball down their throat. I don't see... Garoppolo needing to throw for 226 yards in this game. I just don't. I see Raheem Mostert, you know, breaking off a couple of big runs, and eventually you're just going to bring in the backups, and I think it's just going to be a run the ball, run the ball down their gullet to take some time off the clock. From the 510, Jimmy over 225 yards, Goff under 225 yards. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's get into it. We got a caller on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Richie Rich, Livermore. How you doing? Richie Rich and Livermore. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, bud. I think uh, golf's going to be under. Okay. The defense is going to smack him around. Yeah. And uh, I definitely see Jimmy going over. I know it's not going to be a heavy passing game, but mm. I think Kill and Ayuk's going to have a big, a big opening day. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of those yards are going to be going with the yards after the Cats. Are you ready for more over-unders here? Because I got like seven of them, Richie Rich. You good with that? Let's get them going, baby. Let's, Let's get go. them going. Garoppolo and Goff, over or under one and a half passing touchdowns? Garoppolo or oh, Goff, good. over or under one and a half passing touchdowns? Garoppolo, over. Okay. Over for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say Goff, over as well. Okay, I like that. I like that. I actually, I'm going to go over for Garoppolo, and I'm going to go under for Goff on that one. I could see Goff having like a one touchdown, three interception game, and Garoppolo, I could see see him having a couple of passing touchdowns as well, while not even needing that many yards to get them. Raheem Mostert, 69 and a half rushing yards. Are you going over or under on that? I'm going over. Mostert is going to get... Off, I can't, and I got him on my fantasy too. So I'm kind of excited to see him play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, I mean, I think he can get a 70 yard run right away. I'm going over on that as well. George Kittle, 57 and a half receiving yards, over or under? Over. Kittle's gonna get off. That's I think that's gonna be their main thing on Sunday is Kittle getting the yards after the catch. Mm. You know, he can just that guy just loves contact, right? So he gets the ball and he's just gone. He's ready to just bulldoze you and keep going. Yep. Yep. Ayuk and Samuel. I'm going for both uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel here. Over or under 47 and a half passing yards? Ooh, over. Over. Or receiving yards, excuse me. Catches. For both of them? Yeah, receiving. Come, yeah, oh, over. Over for sure. Interesting. I could see this. Man, I could see this being an over game for... You know, I I think it's going to be one or the other. I don't think they're going to both have over 47 and a half receiving yards. I know it doesn't seem like much, but I could see it end up being like last night where a guy like, you know, Mike Evans, for example, gets 36 receiving yards. I could see that happening for one of them. But if I had to choose one, I think I'd go Ayuk. But you're clearly going over on both of them. All right. Nick Bosa, over or under one and a half sacks? That's a tough one. But... <laughs> You know, I think, again, uh, he came, his little calm, cool, and collective message yesterday had me rolling, dude. He, he was just straight face. Yeah. No, no count for me, you know? But yeah. I think he's going to come in there bulldozing. I think he's got something to prove this year. You know what I mean? That, hey, this injury did not affect me. I'm a monster, and you guys better watch the hell out because I'm going to come for you. And and I'm excited. One and a half is tough. <laughs> I, I'm going to say one for sure, so I'm going to say under. 
I'm going to say he's going to get one. He's going to have one sack. He's going to pressure the hell out of golf. All right, I got you to finally go under on one of them, Richie Rich. All right, last one here. <laughs> for the season, what do you think for the 49ers over or under 10.5 wins? Do you think they're going to get 11 wins on the year? I do. I think I'm going to go over. As long as they stay healthy and they can keep, you know, Garoppolo upright in that pocket, they play their Shanahan game, run that ball down their throat, get that play action rolling, they're going to be just fine. Richie Rich, it's now running the ball down their gullet. We're no longer using the running the ball down their throat now. That's, that's <laughs> the new rule. We're running it down their gullet. Gullet's not used enough, Richie Rich. Is that fair? Gullet, I like it. I like it. That's fair. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate you, Richie Rich. All right, let's get to the next caller here at 888-957-9570 if you want to play the over-under game until we get to the morning roast. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Hey, it's Jack on the 101, driving to work. Jack on 101, hope you're staying safe on the streets. Are you ready to play a little over-under? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff, over-under 225.5 passing yards for both of them. Which one are you yeah. thinking? Give me the under for both quarterbacks. Interesting. You think it's going to be a run-heavy game for the 49ers and you just don't think Goff's going to do anything? It's going to be a ground and pound for the Niners. They're efficient. They always have been efficient on the ground, and there's no need to put it in the air when you're being that efficient on the ground. And for Goff, you know, he'll have a couple completions, but I just don't see them lighting up this Niners defense in the air at all. I could see him just running for his life uh, like he did when he was with the Rams, and that was the only way he had success, except he uh, doesn't exactly have the wide receivers he had over there in L.A. Sticking with Garoppolo and Goff, over or under one and a half passing touchdowns? Give me the over on Garoppolo okay. and give me the over on Goff as well. Interesting. We'll have a little, that's, you know, those little, you know, short first and tens on the on the 15, some into the end zone, but it's not going to be any any big, big passes for, for major yards. Raheem Mostert, over or under 69 and a half rushing yards. Oh, over all day. Not over. <laughs> George Kittle, over or under 57 and a half receiving yards. You know, I was going to say over, but after listening to the last caller and what you said, and especially bringing up the Mike Evans thing, I honestly almost want to say the under just because, hmm. you know, like like I said before, they might not need him. So, right. And no disrespect, it's not anything against him, but give me that under. You never know. It could just be a, a game where he's primarily a run blocker because we know that he can do anything on the football field. You just never know with Kittle. Over or under, and this is for both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, over or under, 47.5 receiving yards. Uh, give me over on, on Debo and, and under on Ayuk. Interesting. Interesting. Over on Debo and under and on Ayuk. Over or under, one and a half sacks for Nick Bosa. Will he get two sacks in this game? Oh, he's getting three. This is his return <laughs> game. He's got, you know, it's a chip on his shoulder and give him the three. And what do you think for the forty? What do you think for the Forty Niners this season? Over or under ten and a half wins. As a fan, I'm going to say over, but at the same time, I want to be a little bit of a realist. But but you know what? Give me the over. You can you you don't have to be a realist. This is sports. You 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 can just be a fan, and you know you can be optimistic. And you know, at eleven wins, I think you can be having eleven win season. All right, appreciate the phone call. Over or under? I only got time. For one more here as we head into the morning roast, we got a couple of minutes uh, left on the show. What is your name? Where are you calling from? And this is the problem with me not having a call screener. I'm just throwing it out blind. Call out your name and city, and if I respond to you, that means you're on the air. 
What's your name? Where are you calling this from? Eric from Oakland. Eric in Eric Oakland. Oakland. One of my guys. What's going on, Eric? How you doing, man? You excited? I'm surviving this rain. It's raining on the streets. Be careful. Yeah, everybody. be careful, everybody. Especially, I mean, I was driving in on 280 North, and I was seeing the lightning start, and it was terrifying as I was driving toward it. But never mind. We don't need to pay attention to that. Over or under, Eric in Oakland, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff, over or under 225 and a half passing yards? I think they're both going to be under. Mm. This is going to be a run-heavy game for the 49ers. They're just going to you know, pound it uh, at them all game. Uh, I don't think that either quarterback is going to need to be throwing that much. Goff is going to have to try, but he's not going to have time to do anything. So it's under for both of them. Sticking with the quarterbacks, over or under one and a half passing touchdowns? I think for Goff, I would say under for Garoppolo, over. Garoppolo's going to have one of those uh, Kittle bombs, mm. one of those. And he's also going to have a jet sweep to Debo. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones when he comes around, he flicks it forward. It's considered a pass, even though it's a run. Mm. Uh, so mm. I would say over for Garoppolo. And what about for Goff? You said under? Under, under. All right, I think we're getting a lot of that here on uh, on 95.7 The Game over here in San Francisco. Raheem Mostert, over or under 69.5 rushing yards? Raheem Mostert, I would say over, not by by much. He's going to have a couple big plays, and then we're going to be so far ahead, they're going to rest him. They're not going to waste his, his, his legs. So Man. I would say over, but not by much. I think he could, I, I honestly, I think he could get the over there and with like three carries. Over or under for George Kittle? 57 and a half receiving yards. Over or under? George Kittle's going to play the first half. He's going to catch three passes. He's going to go for 65 yards and a touchdown, and he's just going to laugh and woo his way to the rest of the game. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, over or under 47 and a half receiving yards? I think both of them go over. Uh, Ayuk is going to have uh, probably around 70. And like I said, Debo, probably 65 because he's going to have one of those little flicks from Garoppolo, those little, you know, uh, right. uh, jet sweep type of plays. Right. Over or under for Nick Bosa, one and a half sacks. Will Nick Bosa have two sacks in this game, Eric? I think Nick Bosa is going to eat. He's hungry. He's going to eat, and he's going to eat, and he's going to eat that rookie tackle that's out there. We don't even know if his left tackle is going to be in the game, but that right tackle, Sewell from Oregon, is going to find out who his daddy is. (laughs) And what about the over-under for wins? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.